know, old, uh, you know, mid and early 20th century futurism, it always imagines the future, you know, there's all these technological wonders and stuff, and yet it doesn't imagine that social relations change at all. <laughs> In this vision of the future, it's like, well, the re the maid has replaced a lot of the help, but there's still like this housekeeper working in somebody's house. Like the housekeeper still exists because social relations haven't changed at all. My favorite example of this, and you mentioned it earlier also, is the Jetsons, right? In the Jetsons, you know, they have flying cars and they travel by like, what, pneumatic tubes or whatever. Like, you know, it's like this vision of kind of techno-utopianism or whatever. And it has the social relations of the 1950s. Like, it's just this like patriarchal nuclear family like Jane still has to perform all of the functions, like all of the undervalued un and completely unpaid uh, work of a you know 1950s American housewife. She just like still has to do all that stuff. It's just that uh, her doing of that stuff is like facilitated by these really cool machines, but she's still doing it. So that is something that is very funny and also just very short-sighted and, and myopic about many forms of futurism. The only real futurism can be one that's materialist because you have to understand that social relations change uh, as a direct consequence of economic relations changing. One is not autonomous from the other. They're deeply interwoven. Culture changes too. The conversation we were having earlier about like sequels and reboots and stuff, like that is a product of political economy. Those things come out of political economy. They don't exist as, as something independent from it. It has to do with the structures of like how studios are owned, how films are being made, how capital is now structured internationally, all that kinds of stuff. No need for the bride to feel tragic. The rest is push button magic. So whether you bake or broil or stew, the Frigidaire kitchen does it all for you. Don't have to be chained to the stove all day. Just set the timer and you're on your way. 1956's Design for Dreaming may not offer a materialist analysis, but it does have plenty in the way of material in it. It is a proudly consumerist propaganda film made by General Motors for its 1956 Motorama event in New York City. And it's a very stylish fantasy dreamscape film about uh, a regular suburban housewife who falls asleep and imagines the emancipatory potential of General Motors' many products, as well as the products of its allied brands. She goes to the Motorama event and sees beautiful new cars, uh, the kitchen of the future, which is fully automated by frigid air. And this uh, liberates her and gives her more space to pursue her, her true dreams and her true interests, which involve uh, modeling a, a variety of chic and sexy clothing and spending more time in the passenger seat, uh, driving along a beautiful, a beautiful highway of the future. Yeah, being someone's best girl on the way to the soda fountain. She is essentially able to live a life of leisure slash indentured servitude to her husband. Having been liberated uh, from all of her wifely duties, except for uh, what I would imagine to be uh, the, the, the main wifely duty. Yes, there it is again. Uh, you know, social relations don't change at all. It's like, look at all these wonderful, look at all these technological wonders, the highway of the future. And it is just like uh, the 1950s with a bunch of gadgets attached to it. You know what's funny about this short? There's something about it. It's, it's like pure, like capitalist utopian propaganda that aesthetically, at least, is not that different from like communist or socialist utopian kitsch. Because it's not built on the idea of, like, work making us free. Would you say that's fair 
fair or accurate? I understand what you mean. I think the major caveat is that I think that in the American version of this, what you see a lot of is celebrations of consumption because consumption is the site of human freedom. I don't think leisure is even specifically the focus of this short. I don't think that's mm. really where it's like ideological center is. I think consumption is like this is where sort of like the capitalist utopianism, as you put it, of the mid mid 20th century America kind of finds itself. It's like in the future technology, like there's going to be even more gadgets for you to buy. And then they're going to make uh, it even easier for you to like eat stuff and, and like consume. Uh, like there was there were so many lines that made me laugh in this from Mike Crow and Tom Servo. But something one of them said captures this where, where the, you know, the couple's driving in the car and one of them just says, uh, conspicuous consumption makes our love stronger. Here is a world of communication tailored for your needs of today and tomorrow, bringing together all people in a new era of understanding. You were mentioning uh, hard politics a minute ago, and I have some hard politics to discuss <laughs> right now, and that is the upcoming film Space Jam, A New Legacy. 